Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You cannot take a message of prosperity and covetousness and preach that, say, in India. They have nothing. How are you going to tell them God wants them to be prosperous, and, and, and if they tithe, they'll, they'll be prosperous? They have no shoes on their feet. They have no clothes. They have no place to live. They have disease and famine. And we need to be people who, who are taking the, the message of the gospel. It's a message that you can preach anywhere. It's applicable to any man, anywhere, to all people, everyone. Everyone who believes is justified. Everyone who believes is sanctified. And everyone who believes is, will be glorified. Amen, saints? Amen. Everyone. That's a great message. It's better than prosperity. It's better than God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy. It's a message of forgiveness. Secondly, our second point tonight, God forbids coveting. Are you still tracking with me? God forbids coveting because it puts a barrier between me and my neighbor. Listen, saints, your attitude toward your neighbor should be that of love. Your attitude to your, towards your neighbor should be that of love. And let's just face it, it is hard to love someone who is standing in the way of your happiness or getting what you think you deserve. When you have a covetous heart, it causes you to get envious when your neighbor is prospering. When your neighbor gets a new car or they get a new house or the furniture truck pulls up or they get a raise at work and they tell you, hey, I'm, I just got a promotion at work and, you know, you know, a covetous heart, you go, oh, that's nice. That's Good for you. You see, covetousness, you see how that works out practically? Covetousness puts a barrier between you and your neighbor. Don't you remember, as a matter of fact, oh, let's turn, in, let's turn there again. Matthew chapter 22. Let's look at this together. Matthew chapter 22. Turn quick. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 22. Talking about your neighbor. Look at Jesus, what he has to say. In Matthew 22, this is turning your Bible night. Matthew chapter 22, and look at verse, uh, and look at just right around verse 34. Matthew chapter 22, saints, beginning in verse 34, if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. And when the Pharisees heard that he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, notice, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. You see that? You shall what? Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Stop right there. Notice the lawyer asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love God first and love your neighbor second. Now listen, don't you remember when Charlton Heston carried the Ten Commandments down from the mountain? The two tablets of stone, remember that? And the first tablet deals with your vertical relationship to God. The first tablet or the first four commandments deal with your vertical relationship to God. And the second tablet or the last six commandments deal with a horizontal relationship to man. So Jesus said in our text, we are to love God first. Why? Because listen, the most important thing, are you listening, that you can ever, 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 ever do is to love God first. Amen, saints? You are to love God before you love your wife. You are to love God before you love your husband. You love God before you love your kids, your job, your money, your in-laws, your outlaws, your family, your friends, your career or house. You love God first. And then you love your neighbor. Love for God. Jesus takes the whole law. Are you with me? He takes the whole law and Jesus sums it all up with two commandments. Love God first and then love your neighbor or love man. Love God, love man. And understand something here. Love for God and love for man cannot be separated. It cannot be separated. You know, I've heard people say this here. I love God, but I just don't love the church. I've heard people say that. Have you ever heard that? I love God, but I don't love God's people. That's impossible. You cannot love God and not love God's people. They go together according to the scriptures. And yes, I believe and I agree that there's some people they are hard to love. I mean, they just are. I mean, we wish we could love God and not love his people. Some people are hard to love. You know, it was Chuck Swindoll who wrote this, and I love it. Chuck Swindoll said, to dwell above with saints we love, well, that will be grace and glory. To live below with saints below, well, that's another story. <laughs> it's true. You know, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21 reads this. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, it just makes sense. How can he love God whom he has not seen? You see, John links loving God and loving people together. When you love God vertically and love God's people horizontally, you get this? Love God vertically, love God's people horizontally. You know what you get a picture of? The cross. You see? They go together, loving God. Well, notice Jesus said in our text in Matthew 20, 22, Jesus said, love your neighbor. Did you note that? Verse 39, look at it. Love your neighbor as. You see that? If you, say, if you see it, say I see it. I see. There you go, verse 39. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The implication is this. 
you love yourself, now go love other people the same way. Because you already love yourself. Now, contrary to popular opinion, contrary to the high priestess of daytime talk, Oprah, well, you just got to love yourself. There's a whole lot of teaching out there on love yourself. Just give yourself a hug. I'm kidding you. Go to the mirror and kiss yourself. Because doggone it, you're worth it. This is craziness. You already love, you know, the problem is not, the problem is you love yourself too much. And that's the problem. People say, well, you just got to love yourself. And the problem is you don't love yourself enough. No, the problem is you love yourself too much. We love ourselves. You brush your tooth. <laughs> You comb your hair, you fix yourself up. I mean, we do, we love ourselves. And, and you know, I'll tell you, we can prove it. Take a group picture, who's the first person you look at? It's easy, it's an easy litmus test, just, just do it. Just do it, just do it, just do it. Take a group picture of the first, oh look, here's a big group picture, Calvary Chapel folks. First person you're looking for is you. And then you go, oh, I hate that picture. <laughs> Isn't that true? Nobody likes their picture. It's like, I hate that picture. I look so terrible, you know? Well, that's because you love yourself, man. You love yourself. And Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, Ronnie, what about the person that commits suicide? They don't love themselves. They committed suicide. Listen, listen to me close. Suicide is the ultimate form of self-love. Because you love yourself so much that you don't really care of the people, the family, the friends that you will devastate by killing yourself. It is the ultimate in narcissism. Suicide is. It's very true. We love ourselves. Oh, well, Ronnie, I just think I'm so ugly. Oh, Ronnie, I just think I'm so ugly. I think I'm so ugly. Oh, I just think I'm so ugly. I hate myself. I hate... Look, look, if you hated yourself that much and you think you're that ugly, you'd be happy that you're ugly. You'll get that on the way home. <laughs> I hate myself. I'm happy I'm ugly. No. We love ourselves. The Bible is very, very clear about that. Our third point. God forbids coveting. Are you still tracking with me? God forbids coveting because it leads to breaking, listen, it leads to breaking all of God's commandments. Listen, of all the commandments on the second table of the law, this last and final tenth commandment is the one that is taken least seriously. I mean, think about this. If someone breaks the sixth commandment and they murder somebody, they'll possibly go to an electric chair. If you break the seventh commandment and you commit adultery, you'll destroy your family, your friends, and devastate your kids. If you break the eighth commandment and you steal something, you might go to jail. If you break the ninth commandment and you lie, you could be sued. But listen, this tenth commandment is a little bit different in that it is secret. It's secret. This tenth commandment, it really is secret because, listen, you can break this commandment and nobody will ever know. You can easily break this commandment in your heart for years and years and years, and you can hide it from everyone but God. Because in reality, breaking these other commandments 
often begins with this one right here, coveting. Think about this. King David is a perfect example of all the other commandments being broken, starting with coveting. What do you mean, Rodney? We'll look at it like this. David broke the 10th commandment, coveting his neighbor's wife. And then that led to adultery, which broke the seventh commandment, adultery. And then in order to steal Bathsheba, breaking the eighth commandment, stealing. And then he committed murder and broke the sixth commandment. And then he broke the ninth commandment by lying about it. Remember? And this brought dishonor to his parents, breaking the fifth commandment. And he didn't put God first, breaking the first and second commandments. And this dishonored God's name by breaking the third commandment. All of the commandments, the breaking of the commandments, flow out of this one coveting. And then finally, i got to move on. God forbids coveting because it will destroy my spiritual life, finally, if you're tracking with me. Now listen, I realize, give me your attention, I realize that we live in a culture where coveting is encouraged. Have you ever thought of that? Our culture is based on covetousness. Did you know in world history, check it out, in world history, we are the first society to have advertising? In world history, millions and millions of dollars are spent and hundreds of thousands of hours are poured into promoting a covetous attitude. Feed your greed. This is what advertising is all about. Get more. Commercials. I mean, have you looked at some of the commercials? It's outrageous. And as a matter of fact, now that we're getting up on the Super Bowl, I mean, everybody wants to get their commercial. They pay millions and millions and untold millions of dollars to have your commercial, your product, aired during the Super Bowl. And everybody knows it. And everybody's coveting. And they try to make everything look like you gotta have this. If you don't have this, you can't be happy. That's the intent of commercials. Or if you have this, you can look like that. Lady was putting lotion on her shoulder, just lotion on her shoulder. Am I the only one seeing this stuff? <laughs> I watch this stuff. I'm like, I didn't write a sermon about that. That's like nuts. And she's like putting lotion on. And she's a beautiful. And it's just like, her skin is like unbelievable. And they want you to believe that if you use this lotion, your skin's going to be unbelievable. Like hers. Listen, your skin's never going to look like hers. Get over it. It's going to be all callous and broke up like it always. No. <laughs> just joking. But I mean, you know... <laughs> It's true. I mean, it's true. And like Rogaine. 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 Okay, I'm crazy. But Rogaine. I mean, you know, if you use Rogaine, you're going to have a luscious head full of hair. No, you won't. You might get a little bit of something, but it ain't going to be a lot of nothing. You'll spend a lot of money on nothing. But see, the, the point of advertising, or, you know, if you eat this, you'll have this kind of body. Or if you, you buy this product, you'll have those kind of abs. Or, you know, all this covetousness. You can't have abs like that. 
You, look, look! You have a one-pack, get over it. It's always gonna be this way. I mean, grant a good fitness, so please don't understand, please understand me. I'm not, I believe in good fitness. I believe that people need to be fit and people need to take care of themselves and, and grooming and all of these things are very important, but don't let the television ads drive what you believe about anything and certainly don't let those things make you think that you're less a person if you don't look like that or you don't have those abs or you don't have that BMW or you don't have that house or all of these things. That's the point of commercialism is to feed your greed and cause you to be a breaker of the 10th commandment. That's the point of it. And people fall into it every single day. Isn't it true? We buy things that we don't want with money we don't have trying to impress people we don't like. <laughs> you know, we're a culture that's never satisfied. Listen, Coveting can destroy you spiritually. How so, Rodney? Because you find yourself serving two masters. That's why. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, you know it well. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and he'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is materialism money included. You can't serve God and money. You can't serve God and be covetous. Jesus says you cannot serve two masters. They are diametrically opposed. One master says walk by faith. The other says walk by sight. One says be humble. The other says be proud. One says set your love on things. The other says set your love on God. One says be content and the other says be covetous. Or be covetous. One says, look at the unseen and the eternal. And the other says, look at the seen and the temporal. You cannot serve God and mammon. And that is why Joshua 24, 15 tells us, as it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. Don't you remember Elijah on Mount Carmel, 450 prophets to one? And Elijah, I love that statement. Elijah said to those prophets, he said, how long are you going to hesitate between two opinions? If God is God, then serve him. And if Baal is God, then serve him. But Elijah said, before you leave this mountain, you need to make a decision. You can't serve two masters. And I really believe and many, many, many Christians do the same thing. Saints, listen, we need to make up our minds to serve God. Amen? Amen? Make up your mind to serve God. You know, someone once said, some Christians have too much of the Lord to enjoy the world and too much of the world to enjoy the Lord. That's true. We need to make up our minds to serve God. You can't serve two masters. Coveting will hurt you spiritually. And then let me close with just some final thoughts as we wrap up these Ten Commandments. Let me just kind of close tonight with uh, some final, you know, closing thoughts on these Ten Commandments and the system of the law. Just kind of wrap things up as we've talked about over the last several months. Number one, 
We've pointed out all of these things. We're going to reiterate them for you. Number one, we learn from the commandments that the purpose of the law, are you listening, was not to give us a standard that we can achieve and then to be counted righteous before God. The purpose of the law, you know this, was to show us God's perfect standard and then second, to show us how impossible it is for us to keep it. That was the purpose of the law. Secondly, God gave the law, but he knew that man could never completely keep the law. And that's why God, we talked about this on Sunday, established a sacrificial system. Because he knew that man could not keep the law. Romans chapter 3 verse 18 we've talked about, Therefore by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Galatians chapter 3 verse 24, Therefore the law was a tutor, pedagogos, a schoolmaster, to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. And after faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. You see, the purpose of the law was to teach you, as we've pointed out, that you're on death row and you need pardon. The law was intended to show you that you're a mess and that you need a Messiah. And then thirdly, as we've learned over these last several months, the Ten Commandments are valid for today. Each of the commandments are referred to in the New Testament. You see, Jesus, the Bible says, was the fulfillment of the law. And because, are you listening? Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. We could obey it in him. He's the fulfillment of it. Romans chapter 8, verse 4. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. You see, here's the good news. The good news is that we are free. Amen. We're free from the condemnation of the law by the power of Jesus. Therefore, listen, watch this. My obedience is not legal. My obedience to the law is inspired by love. You understand? My obedience to the law is not legal. It's inspired by love. And then fourthly, we've talked about the Ten Commandments were condensed by Jesus. Uh, we just read that in Matthew 22. As Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor. And then fifthly, we've learned, with the law comes the knowledge of sin. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 8 and 9, the law showed him God's standard, and that's how he knew that he was sinning, that he was rebelling, that he was covetous, he said in Romans chapter 7, because the law pointed that out to him. So with the law comes the knowledge of sin. And then finally, when Jesus taught on the law and its true meaning, he made several things clear. We've talked about these. Jesus did not come to destroy the law. The Bible says he came to fulfill it. If you're taking notes, that's Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. And then also Jesus made it clear that doing and teaching the law is important until the end of time. Matthew chapter 5, verse 19. 
And then Jesus made it clear to be saved, we must have a righteousness, remember, that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. The law must be kept in its intent, not in the letter only. We've talked about that. Remember, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. You can't keep the law with its letter. Well, I never committed adultery. Well, maybe you haven't, but have you lusted in your heart? Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through verse 47. You see, the law was intended to bring us to Christ, to bring us to the knowledge of sin, not just in the letter of it, but in the spirit of the law. That's what the Ten Commandments teach us. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are done with our study in the Ten Commandments. Amen? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.